The gospel reading for today will serve as the sermon text. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside on the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we begin a new sermon series, a season of promise. And this world gives us plenty of seasons in our lives. Just recently we've had political seasons, some of you have had health scare seasons, some have had economic failure seasons, and we've all seen seasons of global unrest. Are you ready for a season of promise? Would you love to hear about a time of hope and renewal and joy? Well, Advent season gives us the perfect opportunity to remember God's promises, the promises that He has already fulfilled, and the promises that we still cling to that will come to fruition. We remember the birth of Jesus and His return in this coming season of promise. Well, this morning we have some odd things happening. We have palms in the church. We have Palm Sunday hymns being sung. We have a Palm Sunday text, for goodness sakes. What were the people thinking when they wrote this? It's important as we take a look at the beginning of the new year in the church and the beginning of the season of Advent that we start at the end. We keep our focus on the cross. We keep our focus on the mission, on what Jesus was born to do. We keep our focus on the resurrection and the hope that that brings. You see, Advent is not just pregame for Christmas. It's not just a season where we look forward to, with great anticipation, the birth of Jesus. Right? We're not getting ready for Jesus to be born. He's already been born over 2,000 years ago. This is not a season that we only prepare for Christmas, but we get ready for His return as well. We remember that we have a king that is coming to bring all things right, to bring the end to all that is sinful and broken in this world, and to make it as if it never happened, to make things right. The kingdom of God, 
the world put right. We focus on getting ready for the end. I'm going to use a big church word. Advent is eschatological. That means it is a time that we look to the end. We look for Christ's return. We look for that time that focuses on judgment and eternity. And in that way, Advent is a season of repentance. It's our encouragement this year that you take a look at Advent with fresh eyes, maybe a new perspective through a season that you've gone through decades of. Maybe you walk through it fresh this year. We are in a new season, and a season full of promise. Well, as we take a look at this text this morning of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, the famous Palm Sunday text, I'd like to do it through the eyes of different individuals. The first lens that I want to take a look at this event through is the lens of those people who are there at that time, in that moment, the eyes of those citizens of Jerusalem. Now, this was actually a normal event. This was not a one-off event that just because Jesus was riding into town on a donkey the week before he would be crucified, died, buried, and raised again. This was something that happened every year as people were preparing and getting ready for Pentecost the presence of the crowds, the palms, the chanting, the palms being waved. This marked the final stage of pilgrimage for those who are coming from all around Israel into the city of Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And while the Gospels, all of the other Gospels, all record a, a high amount of celebration and acknowledgement of Jesus, Mark is a little bit less so, reminding us that this is not an out-of-the-ordinary event for many. Mark reminds us that this parade happens every year without him. That there would be palms, there would be chants of Hosanna, even without Jesus present. And that at Jerusalem, many did indeed see Jesus, but they didn't understand who he was or what he had truly come to do, the type of Messiah that he would be. Jesus was very much under the radar. They missed all of the messianic connections, all of the Old Testament prophecies of what Jesus would do, would have to do in order for his mission to be complete. And they missed all of those details. And the entry is rich with symbolism in Mark, with Old Testament prophetic fulfillment, and even all of these things were concealed by even the disciples did not see. Jesus' arrival into our lives is often hidden and goes unnoticed. Perhaps even in our very first appearance of Jesus in our lives, for many of us that was in the waters of our baptisms as we were young and babies and even too young to remember, Jesus, even in our day-to-day -day lives, sometimes comes to us and very often is unnoticed. We often miss His daily presence in our lives. But our failure to recognize Him, to recognize His truth in our lives, to recognize the workings that He's doing in our everyday lives, even though we don't recognize that, it doesn't strip away the power that it actually is currently happening. That Jesus has drawn near, is present, and is working in our lives every moment of every day.
You see, through the eyes of the citizens of Jerusalem, Jerusalem eyes see a normal everyday event, or at least an annual event, but they miss the messianic work of Jesus. So that's the eyes of those who were there that day. Let's set that aside for just a moment. Now I want to take a look at the eyes of the original hearers of Mark's gospel, the the target that he was writing to first, the first readers of Mark's gospel, those Christians who are in and around Italy in the city of Rome. Mark prepared his gospel primarily for the Christians who are in Rome around 60 to 70 A.D., And tradition affirms that Mark was intimately associated with close ties to Peter. And so we have very much the essence of Peter wrapped up in Mark's gospel. Mark writing down furiously everything that Peter wanted to say. And so we have that perspective of those individuals and citizens in Rome. Well, what was their life like at the time where they were first reading this gospel? Nero was emperor at that time, and at first he paid very little attention to the Christian community. But there was a radical change that happened in 64 AD. At that time, there was this incredible fire that ravaged most of the city of Rome. In fact, devastated 10 out of the 14 different wards of the city. And rumor had started that it was Nero who started the fire. And so coming under fire himself, he looked for a scapegoat, and he pointed to the Christians. The Christians did it. And from that time on, persecution for the church was inflamed. These individuals reading Mark's gospel for the very first time were Christians who were undergoing immense amounts of persecution and struggle for their faith. And Mark wanted to reassure them and know that your Savior, the Jesus that we desperately want you to know about, who loves you, who brings salvation to you, knows what it's like to be persecuted. He knows what it's like to suffer for his mission of saving the world. He knows what it's like to be you. And that was a powerful piece to the original hearers. Mark's task was to proclaim this faith in the context of suffering and even martyrdom. Jesus understood the pain you were going through. And Mark also, he shares and unveils this messianic connection, the connection that Jesus has to the promised one that God would send to save the world all the way back in the Old Testament. And he starts to show some of those pieces to his readers He reflects a a common text known from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, where the prophet says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, a king is coming to you, righteous, and having salvation is he, humble, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, this introduction of this colt of a donkey never before ridden gives us a profound symbolic significance which is wrapped up in God's promise to send the Messiah. You see, for those who are entering into all of the pilgrims flooding into Jerusalem from all around Israel and all around the world at that time to come and celebrate this festival, however you traveled close by, it was traditional that you walked 
the remainder of the way into the city. And so for Jesus to do so on a donkey would stand out. But it was imperative for that messianic promise to be fulfilled. Three important keys there, that there was this entry. See, your king will come on a messianic animal, on a donkey, even a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the jubilation of the people, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. And so if Jerusalem is seeing this event as something that's more commonplace and they miss all of the messianic pieces, Mark's original hearers have their eyes open now to see this account as Jesus as the Messiah fulfilling God's promise on being God's answer to the world's problem of sin. Okay, that's another group that I want you to remember and hang on to. Another perspective of this event, I want you to see this for a moment, if we can, through Jesus' eyes. See, Jerusalem is the heart of the nation of Israel. And if Jerusalem is the heart of the nation of Israel, then the temple is certainly the heart of the city of Jerusalem. That is the place of prime importance. That is the place, like the tabernacle before the temple, is the place where God's people can come into His presence and draw near to God as God draws near to them. And it's important we see this in our text today, that Jerusalem was not the key destination of Jesus. It is the temple inside Jerusalem that Jesus is journeying to. The temple. And according to the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin being the assembly of Jewish leaders and scholars, the Messiah would come to his people in one of two different ways. One way would be coming on clouds of heaven, and the other would be riding in on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, If Israel is considered worthy by God, then his entrance will be riding in on clouds from heaven. But if Israel is unworthy of his coming, then he will arrive on a donkey. See, Jesus riding into town on a donkey is also an acknowledgement that he is coming and drawing near to people who do not deserve his presence with them much less the work that he is about to be accomplished for them. Now, don't miss the Advent connection here, that Jesus comes both at his birth and his return, knowing that we do not deserve him. And yet he comes anyways, out of an abundance of love, that while we were still sinners, that so great is his obedience to the Father, so great is his intense love for you that drives him on. And he comes until his final destination, the temple. And Mark records for us today in verse 11, and he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out from Bethany with the twelve. It's very anticlimactic and abrupt ending, very classic Mark. 
Jesus arrives, he commends, he looks around at everything in the temple, and then he leaves. You might kind of wonder if Jesus was getting the lay of the land, if he was casing the joint for what was about to happen the next time that he would be there. See, the ending of our text this week is very quiet, but it is the quiet before the storm. And if we are to see this Palm Sunday reading through the eyes of Jesus, you would just have to feel his heart break at witnessing what was being done to the temple, the place where God invited his people to draw near to him as he draws near to them. And Jesus, he looks around at everything. Jesus, walking into the temple, would first see the court of the nations, the court of the Gentiles. And and you see, this was important because this was the one place that even non-Jews could gather together to draw near to be in the presence of God, where all people could come to be near Him. And instead of seeing all people drawing near and coming to God in prayer and praise and worship of God, what he instead sees is this picture. He sees thousands and thousands of people buying and selling animals at hundreds of locations and hundreds of foreign currency money changers taking advantage with different rates. The story in Josephus tells that in a single Passover week, over 25,000 lambs, 25,000 lambs would be bought and sold and sacrificed in these courts. And this is where Gentiles were supposed to see God. But instead are being taken advantage of in the name of religion. It's no wonder that this would cause Jesus a righteous anger that he would return and start flipping tables. What's going on? What are you doing in this place? That my house should be a house for Gentiles, for all nations. And as we look at this day through Jesus' eyes, we see, we see his people who have a level of undeservedness that's only exceeded by their greater need to be saved. Well, let's take a look at this text one final time through our own eyes, perhaps with fresh eyes this morning. See, Jerusalem eyes, they see a normal life, missing the messianic work of Jesus, just the day-to-day things. And and are we guilty of doing that, rushing through our day-to-day busy lives without recognizing, without taking time to come to God in prayer and recognize that He is indeed drawing near to us every moment of every day through every event of our lives? Or do we just get all caught up in everything else? It's easy to do that during this season. All of the to-do lists, the food, the the merriment, the parties, the gatherings, the gifts, the trees, the decorations, and, and if at any point in time those pieces and those events take the place of Christ, then we're guilty of everybody else in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday of missing the point entirely. Now, now, please hear me. I'm not saying that all the decorations and jubilee is, is, is wrong, because it's not. If all of this is done in preparation for your own heart to have joy and celebrate the coming king, beautiful. But if your success in decorating and 
throwing the perfect dinner party, purchasing the perfect gift, brings you to a place of disappointment when it doesn't work out, well, then maybe, maybe we've elevated those things above that of even Jesus coming. Makes me wonder if Jesus sometimes would walk into my house and start tossing the decorations. If we see this through Mark's eyes, Jesus fulfilling the promise of being God's answers to sin's problem, then we, we see this as a season of incredible promise. That Advent is not simply Christmas pregame, but it's a season of preparation for Jesus' return, celebrating His birth, of course, but also knowing that He is coming again and living our lives like He is. We can look at our suffering today and know that it won't be worth comparing to the joy that will be the life that we have renewed in Christ. And Jesus' eyes, that we see His people that we see ourselves with such a level of unworthiness that is only exceeded by our need to be saved by Him. To remember that we are not entitled to any of God's love. That we don't even come close to earning it. Yet God is extraordinarily faithful in His promise to save. Jesus is moved by our need. And through Jesus' eyes, I wonder... If he would enter into our lives, and it's my prayer that Jesus enters into our lives today and sees us as a place where his people are welcome, that sees you as somebody that a non-believer could stand in your presence and be with God through your witness of your words and your life and your actions. Can your life be the the court of the nations, where God could bring unbelievers to be with Him. God is indeed coming to save. Our Lord has come. He, he comes from the Father to the Virgin and makes Himself the sacrifice for the sins of the world, the world that rebelled and caused all the horrible and miserable things which we continue to endure. And then he lays down his life that we might be ransomed and rescued and spared. He suffers all of the consequence of our crimes, petty or otherwise. And he knew all of this before he came, before he was born. And he came anyway. He knows of your condition today. And he will still return. Driven by an intense love for you. And so in this season of Advent, we prepare, we repent, we stand at the beginning of a new church year, a new season of hope and promise, and it doesn't only begin with Jesus in Bethlehem, it begins with Jesus riding on His way to the cross. It is us getting ready for the Lord's return in His judgment and His glory. We get ready by receiving Him now as He comes to us in word and in sacrament. He comes on that day. As he came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and today, this day, driven by his love and desire to have you. And that's why we join in the hymns and the songs and the praises of Jerusalem. Hosanna. God, come and save us.
And may this bring you a peace that passes all understanding in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now the thought that we want to leave with you today, the weekly awakening for this morning, is this is a statement and a question that we would love for you to use as a jumping off point for your faith conversations this week. Here's that question. Are you ready for a season of promise and what does that look like for you? Are you ready for a season of promise and what does that look like for you?